Thank you for what you're going to do for us today, Father. You always have something good planned for us. Thank you, Lord, to give us receptive hearts, open ears, attention, attentiveness to your word. We thank you, Lord, that we are here to receive a deposit from heaven. And we receive it right now by faith. The enemy cannot hinder us, cannot stand in our way. Because faith is the victory that overcomes all obstacles. And we thank you, Lord, for your faith operating through us. In Jesus' name, amen and praise God. Amen, amen, amen. Praise God. So we're going to continue talking about owning your healing. Amen. Today. Own your healing today. It's not for owning it at some point in the future. Because we're talking about faith. Amen. And faith is now. Now faith is the substance of things hoped for and evidence of things not seen. So even though your healing may not be seen yet, you've got substance and evidence that you own it if you will take possession of it in the now. So we said that faith takes possession of things right now. Amen. So when we studied Mark eleven twenty three, we saw that uh, you must believe you receive when you pray. Uh, you can't wait. See, the faith of the Son of God believes the raw word. Amen. It believes the rhema word. It believes the word no matter who speaks it, no matter where you read it, no matter uh, who tells you that that you can believe. Uh, faith is in God's word. So faith in God is faith in his word. And so when we believe God and take him at his word, we are using the faith of the son of God. Amen. The faith that was, was, uh, that we inherit from our father Abraham. Amen. It's the same quality. It's the Abraham brand of faith. And it's the same brand of faith that Jesus walked in and that he operated in when he walked on the earth. It's the same faith that is our inheritance down here on earth so that we can receive kingdom benefits while we're down here in our earth bodies. Amen. So we're not really residents down here. We're present down here, but we reside up there. Amen. And we have access to everything that heaven has to offer us by virtue of the faith of the Son of God. And so what we're doing while we're down here is learning how to use that faith, learning how to live in the kingdom. Even though we're down here, our residence is up there. And we have access to everything that heaven has. We have access to everything that Jesus has. We have access to everything that the Father has. And we can do that by faith. So faith helps us to own the things that we hope for, uh, that we desire to possess, the things that um, are needed actually for us. All of those things come to us by faith. So we talked yesterday about Bartimaeus, who owned his healing before he actually got it. Amen? Before he actually physically got it. So he began to own it by faith. The one thing you have to know about faith is it is continually moving you toward what you desire. Always. Your faith, when your faith is in operation... 
it is continually moving you toward the things that you desire. You are always making progress when you hold on to your faith, when you express your faith, when you worship God, when you lift up holy hands, when you thank him, when you acknowledge him, your faith is in motion moving you toward the manifestation of the thing that's not seen yet. You've got full possession of it with your faith. So don't ever play your faith cheap. Your faith is working, it's active, and it's operative all the time. And one of the things the enemy does is is if we don't feel like it's real, or if we don't feel like, you know, he keeps pulling us back into our feelings. And actually the devil is able to manipulate our feelings. Amen? He is. He throws us little thoughts and little hints and you know, it'll put people in your path that'll tell you one thing or another contrary to what the word says in order to steal your faith. So he's constantly, this world works against faith. That's the job of the world is to steal faith from the children of God. Our job is to own our faith, to own the things that our faith can bring into our lives and to own the things that God has given us to possess. So we are really here, when you go into the word, you're actually taking ownership of the things that God has promised, the things that you need from him. It's it's pursuing ownership is what we're doing. Amen. You're not trying to get God to give you something. It's already granted. You just have to use your faith on it and accept that it's yours. Amen. The things that we, we, whether we consider them big things, little things, whatever kind of things, use your faith to acquire them. Don't like put your faith up on a shelf somewhere and only pull it out on special occasions. You understand what I'm saying? Constantly use your faith. Constantly thank God for things that that you haven't yet seen. Constantly thank God for things that you know may be off in the future. You may not want to be married right now. You may not want to have a, a certain level of income or a certain level of property or something like that right now. But put your engage your faith in those things for the not seen future that's coming your way. Always be open to engaging your faith in the things that God wants to bless you with. Amen? And 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 seek your own stuff. Amen? You know, it's always good to do that. Um, you know, sometimes we can get comfortable. You know, your parents can maybe make a nice, cushy little house for you and all that kind of stuff, and we get comfortable there. But God has your own laid out for you. Amen? And, and, you know, don't be sitting up waiting on, when they get older and looking at them out one hour, waiting for mom and dad to pop off. They may not be going nowhere too anytime soon. You understand what I'm saying? You better get your faith in gear and start pursuing your own stuff. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> mom and dad might have other plans. They might be planning to cash out and go somewhere and, and, you know, change their hair blue. Am I right, Poppy? And get a couple of tats and, and put some blue dye in their hair and do something different. You don't never know. Don't be banking on nobody going nowhere to get yours. Get yours from God. Amen. 
there was a, an old blues song, God Bless the Child Has Got His Own. Uh, I remember, you remember it, Miss Jan. Amen. Mama may have and Papa may have, but God bless the child has got his own. Amen. So God is, is, he's got your own for you. Amen. You know, and if mom and dad have something to leave you, add more to it, but get your own. Amen. Get your own. Use your faith for building the things that God has for you in your future. Amen. Because if you use your faith, what I call small things, you know, pocket change faith. I don't know where I got that term from, but anyway, you know, your pocket change faith is, is when you believe God for a close parking space in the, now see you young people, y'all don't even, y'all can't, you know what I'm saying? Why they mess with me like this? And you doing it too, so don't be like, no, I mess with her. Young people see y'all say, well, she mean close parking space. I park where I want to. Well, when you get my age, you want to be close as you can. You drive up in the front door if you was. <laughs> or to make that handicap sticker invisible. You know, that little blue paint down there on us. Well, I pull up and I look, oh, man, why all the crippled people get all the cool parking spots? I want me a cool parking spot sometime. Amen. Next time you roll up in there, they done painted it black and you just go right on up in there. See, that's, that's your faith. Your faith did that. You ain't breaking no law. You're just using your faith. And so use your faith for, for things big and small. Always keep your faith engaged for, for uh, different things, you know. There are times when I'll ask God, I say, God, do something special. I'll go in the supermarket and I'll say, God, do something special for me today. Just ask for something special. It's using your faith. You know, you get up to the cash register and they, you start scanning stuff and it's half the price you thought it was going to be. You understand what I'm saying? I mean, use your faith for, for just to be using it. Don't let it lay dormant. Don't let it just, you know, pull it out for special occasions. Cause it's like, you know, if, if you liken it to a, a, a gun, you know, there are people who have collector guns in their homes and then there's some in the nightstand. <laughs> Or under the pillow. You want the under the pillow gun. That's your faith. That's the kind of faith you want. You don't want to just have to get it and start polishing it and hope it fires when you pull the trigger. Amen. Use your faith on a continual so that it's, you know, uh, uh, Brother Hagen used to say, keep the switch of faith turned on. Amen. Always have it engaged in something. I don't care what it's for. If it's for, for, you know, to find, uh, you know, all these quarter always in your car, whether you put one in there or not, you know what I'm saying? Just keep it, keep it engaged for the things that you need. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I got all these quarter because I hate to be without one. Amen. But you know what? I've left so many carts in there in the parking lot usually when i drive up there's a cart somebody left i i sew i sew them quarters in the carts left in there so that i can get them when i i need them you know i want my life to be easy no about i don't want no problems amen i want it to be easy and so so we we need to keep our faith engaged at all times and god knows that and sometimes you know our our answers are delayed 
or prolonged because we're not engaging our faith on a regular. And so that's why sometimes little issues will come up in between the biggie, you know, the biggie that everybody's waiting on. Little issues will come up to give you an opportunity to sharpen your faith. Now, I know we don't look at it as an opportunity. We look at it as a problem. But it really is an opportunity as far as God is concerned because he, he doesn't see any problems for us. Amen. Many times we're just too lazy to use our faith. We say, oh, 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 you know, that kind of stuff. We get, we start agonizing over the fact that something has come up, but it wasn't a surprise to God. And he's equipped us to meet every, every challenge. Your faith is your equipment. Amen. Your faith is your answer. You just have to put it before God and expect him to come through for you. I don't care if it does take a miracle. You expect a miracle because he's got them for us. And and there ain't no line, a waiting line for miracles. Amen. He's waiting on us to use our faith. Amen. It's, you know, it's like I know sometimes people think they're rare, but that's because we don't appropriate our faith to use it often enough. Amen. So the more we use our faith, the more miraculous things will happen in our lives and in the lives of other people. So we talked about Bartimaeus yesterday and how he owned his faith even in the midst of opposition to him receiving what Jesus had for him. He begins by asking Jesus to have mercy on him. And and don't think you're going to, you know, bum rush God and get up in his nose and demand something. You put that thing away. Amen. When you come before a holy God, you you begin by worshiping God. Amen. Even the Syrophoenician woman had that much sense and she didn't know nothing about worship. Huh? She knew she couldn't demand anything. Amen. And so Bartimaeus then begins by, um, in Mark chapter 10, I'm sorry. Uh, verse, yeah, like I said, 46. And they came to Jericho. We said that was an accursed city. And as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people. See, this is what drove the Pharisees nuts. The great number of people that used to follow them and come to the synagogue are now following Jesus. Amen. Uh, jealousy just follows the anointing. You got me? And, and it's on purpose. You're supposed to be jealous for the things of God. You're supposed to covet the best gifts. And the power of God is the best gift. Amen. Many times people don't know how to turn that jealousy to their good. And so they'll try to stop and oppose the person that carries that anointing. Or they'll try to imitate them in some kind of fake fashion. And so the Pharisees really, uh, they killed Jesus because of envy. That's what the Bible says. Amen. So, so jealousy can kill you. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> so, so don't play it cheap. You know, stay away from being covetous of people and what they have. You know what I'm saying? Cause God has your own stuff for you. Amen. Look for your own stuff. Amen. And, and get off the, the petty train. Understand that if it's, if it's something another human has, 
you can have it too. Isn't that what we get when we read the Bible? We look at all these people that are doing great things for God and what God miracles he did for them. That means we can have those in our lives too. And so instead of coveting what your neighbor has, start asking God to show you what's yours. Amen. Get in the word and find out what he has for you. Amen. Instead of being scared all every time he promises you something. <laughs> you know, sometimes you'll get a, a, a something, a, a happy thought in your mind. And you go, oh, Lord, where'd that come? Oh, Lord, where'd that come? Let me push that out. That ain't mine. Well, it came in your head. Huh? Because just because we don't think God will do great things for us. Amen. And so just because it's God, it's like he doesn't want us to be happy. He said that he promised us these things so that our joy would be full. He wants us full of joy, not just happy. You can get happy off the world stuff. Happy hour. The world has happy for you. That's why Jesus said, no, I'm going beyond happy. I'm going into joy. Amen. Joy is, is a deep abiding sense of, of gladness and fulfillment at the same time. Amen. So that you don't have to look for something else to top the last happy that you got. You know how people start out in the bar and then they make it to the back room? That's because the happy you get out the bar stool ain't working no more. Hey, but we have joy unspeakable and full of glory. Amen. And the half has not been told. We're just tapping into it a little bit. And it's messing our heads up. Huh? Sometimes you think to yourself, can God be this good? Could he? uh, Seriously, God? Really? Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. And so he wants our minds to be blown by his goodness. Amen. He wants that. He likes having that reputation. He's just flexing, showing you a little bit of muscle. He said, look, look, Bart, look what I got for you right here. Check this out. <laughs> Check this out, girl. Huh? Oh, yeah, that's God. He likes to boast in himself. He likes to show off. He likes to show off to his children and all that. I remember when we were little kids, we used to, my dad would come in and we said, daddy, 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 you know our kids are, daddy, 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 all day, all day long. And, and he would flex his arm and we would grab and swing on it. Now, you know, we must have been really small, right? And that just, oh, that was the, the high point of the day. Amen. And he felt good because he still had them army muscles, you know, a little bit. And, and we felt good because we got, Daddy, daddy, my daddy's so strong. God wants us to boast on him. Daddy, daddy, you're so strong. You're so powerful. You're so almighty. You got miracles. You bless me so much. I can't stand it. He wants us to be delirious. Joy means delirium. Amen. He wants us to be drunk in him. Full to overflowing. And stay that way. Amen. Don't wait until something good happens to have joy. Huh? A real alcoholic don't wait till the bar opens. He got him a stash. Hey! By telling the truth, he got him a stash somewhere. He can get his joy whenever he wants to. 
ain't waiting for man to tell me I can have something. I'm going to grab it now. Well, that's what Bartimaeus felt like. He was sick and tired of being sick and tired. He's tired of begging and getting told off, pushed around. You know, it it demoralizes. It, begging is not for God's children. I know that much. Amen. Even though we may feel like it sometimes, it's it's not for us. That's not our way. Our way is the way of faith. And so he, when they came to Jericho, they they went outside of the city. And we talked about that yesterday. It was a cursed city, and it's hard to get anything going on in a cursed town. And when it was heard, when he heard that it was, he sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, now what did he hear? He must have heard that he did miracles, must have heard that he was anointed. He must have heard that he never turned anybody down. He must have heard that the way to get his attention was to holla. Amen. It is. That's the way we cry out to God all the time. Amen. Sometimes it may not be loud, but it's a heart cry. It's, it's a cry for, for help, for answers, for him to, to keep covenant with us. Amen. To respond to us according to his promises. And so God wants us always to realize that, that we serve a God of great mercy. Great mercy. I'd rather think of God that way than to think of myself as having some rights to something. You know, that's just such a um, carnal sounding term. But it's whatever you need, God's got to release it to you. You just can't go up to heaven and, and demand something. Amen. You get smacked down. The last dude that tried that <laughs> ain't stopped falling yet. Amen. They had to dig a special hole for him. Amen. And so so we we have to understand how to approach God reverently and respectfully, worshiping him. Amen. Uh, understanding that if, if he hadn't done something merciful for you already, you wouldn't be able to stand in front of him. Amen. So it's mercy on top of mercy, manifold mercies that keep us in, in God's presence. And so he cries out, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And that was a common phrase among uh, covenant people, the Jewish people. Son of David meant that he was the promised Messiah. Amen. So that identified him as the one who had all the answers. Amen. They weren't sure exactly what he was going to do. It depended on how much they understood of the word. But many of them just felt like he could help them. And, and that's what they did. They cried out for him. Many charged him that he should hold his peace. But he said, I've been doing that all these years and I'm still blind. I've been trying that the way they say I should try it and I still don't have anything. Maybe I should try something different. And when you're ready to try something different, guess who's there to help you? The Holy Spirit is there to help you. Amen? Because he's the one who put the idea in your head to try something different. Huh? He did that with all these people. Everybody that you see 
that had a change in their, oh, I guess the word these days is shift. Shift. Now you got change. You got to put off the carnal and put on the spiritual, but for real though. You got to get your answer from the Holy Ghost. He ain't just a shifter, he's a changer. Amen. Because trust me, Bartimaeus totally changed. Huh? That brother came up out of that robe like Superman. Huh? He did. He probably said within himself many times, I'm tired of begging. See, when you get tired of being tired, that's when the Holy Ghost shows up and show you the chain, the door to the, to the Superman booth. Amen. And they, they told him and, but he, instead of him shutting up, like beggars usually do, you know, beggars get, get told, you know, they're, they're concerned that they may not get what they're looking for. They're very docile people, manipulative and easily manipulated. Amen. And so he's there and, and instead of shutting up like he used to do, it says here he cried all the more. You don't do that without God affecting you. Because if you're in, in your soul and in your emotions, you've got to think of a way to figure out how to get somebody to give you something. But when you serve God, you don't have to figure out a way to get somebody to give you something. Because he's already given it to you. So you're just going in faith and, and looking for where the open door is that you can go to through and get what you need. Amen. If you, if you're looking for a better job, you have to receive it at the time you pray. When you pray and you talk to God about it, you get in the word and you get yourself built up and you understand that whatever I need right now, God has already given it to me by permission in his word. Amen. And so you receive what you desire when you pray. Always pray for what you want. You don't want anything to just happen in your life that you haven't prayed in there. I'm going to say it again. Your life is not a happening. Your life is planned by God. It's your job to flow with the plan. Amen. Instead of waiting for something to happen. You don't want to be a happening. You want to be a planned thing. Amen. You do. You want all the provision there. You want the expectation right. You want the timing right. You want everything. You don't want any accidents and mishaps in your life. So you pray for what you desire first. Amen. You know, sometimes I would have people say things to me. Well, God told me to tell you. I said, well, really, I haven't been praying for God to. You know, I haven't put no feelers out for no, I ain't confused about nothing. And I'm not waiting on, you understand what I'm saying? And, and so it's, it's always good to have ownership of everything that comes into your life. It's not a boring life to, to have pre-planned things. God knows when to bring them into your life. He knows how to structure your life. He knows what 
time, what age you're going to be, all of these things when things are going to happen for you according to his plan. And so it's very, very important for us to stay with the plan of God. So Bartimaeus here is just tired of begging. He feels like it's time. He feels like God's plan for him is to be able to see and to be able to function on his own and all of those things. But he's got a mountain standing in his way. People. Amen. You know, your faith is something personal between you and God. You don't have to have it sanctioned by anybody. You don't have to have somebody kind of add to one thing or another. There may be times when you are confused, you have questions that God has a system for that. It's called the church. It's called the, 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 the pastors at your church to help pray for you. And to help God to bring you clarity. But until you receive that answer within you, it's not going to work for you. So, so we are agents of, of the, the door being made open and clear to you. You understand what I'm saying? But you got to believe to walk through it. You've got to have the power to walk through it. And I'll tell you very often, people do more barring doors for one another then they do helping to usher you into them. Amen? Because many times people feel they have a right to judge and criticize. They have a right to add their opinions to your life and what you're doing. They feel like they have a right to speak. And now that everybody's hanging out a prophet shingle, you got prophecies running around here left and right aimed at you. So for you to be able to duck all of that nonsense and still come up with the right answer from God, that's a miracle within itself. Amen. You know, people get on Facebook. I don't know who this is for. I don't see anywhere in the Bible where God sent a prophet out and said to tell people, I don't know who this is for. And you see people say, I received that. I call them bottom feeders. Uh, they'll eat anything. As mm-hmm. long as they don't have to go to God directly for it, they just eat off the bottom. And... Right. Begging is depending on man. God never told anybody to come to him and beg him. When you come to God, it's because you have a covenant with him. Covenant does not include begging. Covenant includes coming to him in faith, expecting. Amen? Reverentially, worshipfully. Amen? That's the Worship is different than beg. When you humble yourself to God and you worship him, that gets his attention. That lets him know you want to talk to him. Amen. And once you talk to him, then you receive what you need from him by faith. So Bartimaeus was sitting there waiting for an opportunity to unload his faith toward Jesus. So that Jesus can can respond to him and give him what he wanted. And so when when they 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 people told him that this was people talking to him to shut up. That wasn't God. You gotta know the difference. 
Many times we think people's no is God's no. But it's not. God always says yes. You got to know that much about God's integrity to understand that he always, when he says come to me and ask me, he's not saying ask me and see what kind of mood I'm in today. Amen. He's saying come to me and expect that I'm going to take care of you because I'm your father. We have a relationship here. Amen. And so Bartimaeus is seeking Jesus. He's not seeking people. And you might have to wade through a lot of people or a lot of people's voices in your head to get a clear peace from God when something is yours. Amen. We talked yesterday about Mark eleven twenty two and 23 when Jesus said, speak to the mountain. These people telling him no, pushing him away, represent Bartimaeus' mountain. Amen. And when, when he spoke, he spoke to Jesus over the mountain. Let's say it again. See, the mountain has a certain sound and a certain voice and a certain impact in how it speaks to our minds. The mountain always says no. It says you can't have it. Sometimes that mountain is doubt where we've let doubt accumulate because we haven't been in the word and we haven't studied and focused on what God is doing enough. Sometimes it's, we've always felt this way about something. Our, our mindset becomes a mountain. Bartimaeus ignored the mountain and spoke over it. See, at some point, you're going to have to do that with your mountain. You're going to have to speak louder than your mountain is speaking to you. If doubt is telling you can't have it, and you, and, and, and the doubt will tell you 15 reasons why you can't have something. None of them valid. I said none of them valid. Doubt will always try to disqualify you from the promises of God. You know, doubt comes from your carnal mind. He don't want nothing but to bug you all day long and keep you from making him nervous going forward. You know how nervous your flesh is when when you start praying for something that's bigger than anything you have? Oh, no, we can't have that now. You ever heard that little voice grumbling on the inside? What you gonna do with that? Oh, you can get, oh. Uh So you just have to tell your, your, your doubting mind, you know, you just gonna have to be nervous or shut up or something because we going forward now. I ain't staying here no longer. Amen. That's what Bartimaeus did. He said, uh uh-uh, uh, doubt you've been holding me back for years. Now is my time. I'm going forward. So he spoke over the people. Huh? He didn't even address them. Hey, you don't even, you, do you know you have, don't have to just bind the devil all the time? All you got to do is go do you. Huh? Don't listen to him. Now don't lose him in your life. Don't be crazy and go get off in the flesh somewhere. 
But you can speak over his shenanigans. You know, when, when, when you begin to declare you're healed, you know, you, your flesh will recoil. Oh, how can you say that? Look at what you guys just, look flesh. We healed, okay? You can either go along with, for the ride and see me come out of this, or you can stay there and grumble, but I'm going forward. You understand? We ain't staying here no longer. And mean it. And let the next move you make be a move going towards your miracle. Going towards your answer. Going towards your healing. Going towards your prosperity. Going towards your next step. You know, you want to do something. And the first thing that, the first idea pop in your head is something having to do with age. You're either too old or too young. Huh? Oh yeah. The devil likes to keep you in a trap. Then one day, you know, he'll be telling, well, you can't do that. You know, you, 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 you know, look how many more years you got. Look how many, you got to get this experience and that experience. And you can't pray like so-and-so and you can't do this like so-and-so. And you be waiting to get old enough to do all this stuff. And then the next thing you know, look at how old you are. You got too old for what you doing doing that. You look silly in that. You think God's going to invest his power and his anointing in somebody your age? Oh, you ain't got there yet. I have. (laughs) He'll tell you, look at you, what you been doing. Your husband been dead 20 years and you ain't been in the word no more than you was. (laughs) You understand what I'm saying? Like I gotta get in the word, you know, I'm thinking to myself, my goodness, I got the word in me, devil. And just to prove it to you. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? You, them mounts, you carry that mount with you everywhere you go. It's your carnal mind. And the minute you shift off to looking in the natural, it's got a lot to say to you. Amen. So you just talk over it. Uh, I'm still healed. Huh? I'm still healed. And just watch. We're going to get it very soon. Amen? You talk to you. You know the devil say, yeah, you'll catch. You got to have them pills. I said, oh, they ain't staying. Just like you ain't staying. Huh? So you start talking to the pills. Huh? Uh, y- y'all better enjoy this while you can because you ain't staying around. Pretty soon I won't be taking none of y'all in Jesus' name. Amen? Just talk to them bottles. Tell them to grow legs and walk out the door. You got me? So Bartimaeus decided that today was his day. He was not going to take no for an answer. That has to come from within your spirit. That has to come from within you. Where you make up your mind, this thing is yours. God, I remember when you and I first talked about this and you put a date and a time on it. Amen. If you don't know the date and the time, say, well, I remember it was sunshine out and it's snowing now and I ought to have it by now. Huh? And allow yourself to believe God for it to be today. Own it today. Always own it today. Don't let the devil tell you it's okay to put it off for later. 
Well, suppose I don't get it today. Well, tomorrow will be today when it gets here. But you own it today. Keep owning it today and pretty soon it will come today. Amen. And so he decided that he was not going to put it off any longer. He pushed past the voices telling him it wasn't time or it wasn't for him or it wasn't his thing. Amen. He just pushed past all of that. He could care less at this point. And on the way pushing past, what did he lose? His disability check. His STEMI check. I'll make some people mad today. Give me my STEMI. My name is Jimmy. I got my STEMI. Right. Huh? (laughs) Listen, I don't care what you got from the world. God will give you an upgrade. You can always trade up. That's your money anyway. Huh? Government ain't had no business with it in the first place. They take too much. (laughs) A little sleight of hand. (laughs) Threw away his garment. His beggar's robe. Amen. They identified people as being blind and they identified them as begging. Amen. So he threw away his white stick. Amen. His STEMI check. His disability check. Amen. And and got up and walked into a new life. Amen. Why? Because he owned it way back when he opened his mouth. He was just waiting for Jesus to show up so that he could collect his healing. See, you're not waiting on anything except to collect what it is that you already possess. Amen. We talked yesterday about the fact that, that the, 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 when Jesus spoke to the fig tree and cursed it, it began to wither at the roots. So sickness, if you've still got symptoms in your body, The word that you meditate on is causing it to wither at the roots. That's why we can't see what we're getting from God most of the time. You've got to live by faith. You've got to believe he's working on it. Amen. You know, when you go to God and say something like, well, I don't understand why I say, because you're not believing he's working on it. See, anybody who's, it's like God is saying, can't you see I'm working on this? You can only see it if you're in the word. When you're in the word, you can see he's working on your stuff. Huh? And he don't need you standing over his shoulder telling him how to do it. This is what we get guilty of. You're trying to tell God how to do the miracle. You don't know nothing about doing no miracle, but you're going to boss him around. Tell him when to get it, how to get it here. Huh? I don't want this. I want that. That's why he lets us wear ourselves out. And then by the time it comes, it's like, well, oh, is this it? Oh, I don't even recognize it. Huh? It's too wonderful. Huh? 
because we've we've run out of ways to tell him how to fix it up for us so we'll like it better huh we all do it you waiting on something for God well this couldn't be it because it huh carnality see your spirit man should have received it already and rejoicing that it's coming amen rejoicing that god's working on it rejoice you rejoice that he heard you amen and that you have it already you're not rejoicing in in you know if and when it comes and is it coming and all that kind of stuff you're rejoicing in that he is giving giving it to you already amen you begin to act like it's it's yours before it's that's faith that's the god kind of faith calls those things that be not as though they are see in order to get from heaven you got to think like heaven you got to talk heaven's language you can't be stumped by the fact that you don't see anything in the natural we have to get over that we have to get beyond that amen you got to see that that thing is already accomplished in the natural realm amen and so that's the way God acts and that's the way he works with us. So that's Bartimaeus. Now we have next, who do we have? I think it's the woman with the issue of blood. So we will, okay, Lord. Yeah. Okay, we did all of that yesterday. All right, so uh, in Matthew chapter 9. And there's several accounts of this. If we need to, we can go back to one or the other. Matthew chapter 9. This woman's life has been flowing out of her for 12 years. So it's not like this is some minor thing. You got me? When we say issue of blood... We assume that it's it's related to her female organs, but it may not have been. Might have been, you know, through her intestines, you know, but she constantly bled, constantly bled. And so uh, in Matthew chapter uh, verse chapter nine and verse starting in verse 20, it says here. Behold, a woman which was diseased with an issue of blood 12 years came behind him. And touched the hem of his garment. So there are some things that we can say are points of contact for us to release our faith. There's a, a set circumstance that will trigger your spirit to release faith in God. So that you can receive the manifestation of what you desire. Amen. It's good to keep yourself in the spirit, in the spirit of faith, encouraged in your heart. Um, blessing, thanksgiving, all of those things keep keep you in the realm of the spirit. So when your faith is triggered, you can release it more easily. Amen. You ever see people that, that you prayed for, for God to do something with for them and they act like this isn't what they want? See, that's somebody who's been riding in on your, your muscle. Amen. And, and not really engage themselves. There are people who will get a blessing from God and not even want to receive it because it's not good enough. Amen. 
I w- we would have people do that all the time in the ministry. You give Christmas gifts and stuff like that, and they, you know, turn in those. I mean, that don't stop you from giving. You know, if I stop giving, then I mess myself up. But you gotta, you gotta have enough faith to stay in the flow where God wants you to be, but learn how to be gracious in accepting the things that come to you by faith. Amen? And so, but this, this woman wanted something in particular, and that was her health. Amen? And it says, she said she was diseased with an issue of blood. Twelve years came behind him and touched the hem of his garment, for she said within herself, if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole. And Jesus turned around, turned him about. And when he saw her, he said, daughter, be of good comfort. Your faith has made you whole. And she was made whole from that hour. Now, there's another account of this that not only says that she said within herself, if I can touch him. Now, we have to understand where that idea came from. That idea really came from the Holy Spirit. It came from the spirit of faith. So when she set her heart to believe Jesus, faith came in. That faith will take you step by step to the manifestation of what you're asking for. If you obey it and if you follow it. That's why many times people do some kind of outrageous things to receive what they need from God. Why outrageous? Well, you know, making clay out of your spit. Ooh. See, sometimes God will have things happen so that the atmosphere is made right. If if I got a pile of dirt and with the spitting in it, half of y'all would go. I said, ugh, ugh, what is she doing? Ugh, get it. So that clears the atmosphere of all the people that are in the flesh, the judgmental people, the people who have no interest in whether or not this person wants to see the ones who won't help the miracle. See, it'll clear out a lot of nonsense in the atmosphere. So sometimes the working of miracles has to do that, and that's why God sets it up the way he does. Because he has to do it in a way that it's a sure thing that this person will get what it is that they desire. And so many times the working of miracles looks foolish to us. It looks crazy to us. You know, when when people need a miracle healing and you tell them to get up and start walking and they haven't walked in months or walked in years, that looks foolish to the carnal man. But it, it's totally acceptable to that person's spirit. So whatever God does in the working of miracles is to that inner spiritual man. It's not to the flesh and the outer. And so whatever makes sense to the inner spiritual man is what God will deliver to that inner spiritual man. And so this woman with the issue of blood has already been schooled on how this is going to happen. 
So she's got a plan, she's got an understanding, and she got, she has faith that it's going to work. So all she needs to do is get to where Jesus is. Problem. She's unclean and she's not supposed to be out among people. Social distancing. Huh? You know, that's one of those (laughs) somewhat imaginary concepts. The people who make the laws don't obey it. But they'll put us in jail if we don't. You got me? The same thing with her. See, she was unclean until she got faith. y'all get it I said she was unclean until she got faith faith will make you whatever you need what Jesus tell people he said your faith made that for you your faith manufactured that for you your faith didn't just cause you to be able to get here to get it from me. Your faith made that for you. It's the substance and evidence. It's the substance that your miracle is made out of. So when you got faith, it'll make you whatever you need. How do you think that woman who had, now she'd been shunning people. She'd been missing for the, from the synagogue for 12 years. She's been missing from her family for 12 years she'd been missing for 12 years and now all of a sudden she appears out in public seriously your faith will make you invisible to people who would hinder your forward progress you ever had a mean boss be absent from work one day when You really needed somebody to be merciful to you. (laughs) Well, your faith just made you invisible. Huh? So here this lady shows up in the crowd. Ow! Her faith told her, go touch the hem of his garment today. Not later on when maybe only two disciples are around him and maybe he falls asleep or something. You could sneak up on him and no, do it today while he's in the crowd. Ooh. See, she must have owned her healing already or she would never have gone through all of that and risked. See, your faith will let you know that there's no risk for you. That there's no penalty for you. That you're not in any kind of danger. That you won't be turned down. See, when you own your healing by faith, you have it already and you know it. All you got to do is obey the spirit of faith that tells you the place and the time for the release of it. 
You know, I wish people coming to healing services would feel like that. That they own it already and they're coming to a place with an atmosphere where it can be released to them. And God can have his way and do what he wants to do. Amen. If we could all get that and understand that you can get it today, you will get it today. Amen. I remember when Bianca had some accident in gym, you know. Now, if I was her, I'd have made so many excuses not to take gym. I mean, I was good migraines, uh, you know, whatever. Mide all migraines, whatever. And, and so, you know, you, you, you felt bad for her because she was just doing what they told her to do in class, but she had gotten her, her leg all messed up. But she said to herself, and she said this after she, God healed her. She said, I told myself, I said, if I just get to church, I know I'll get healed. Amen. So she can do it. Anybody can do it. And she got healed. So it's all, it's very important what you say within yourself. What you let the Holy Spirit convince you is yours. What you let him school you into is yours. It's very important. That's why we preach and teach the word. So that you can school yourself into understanding how to receive the things that you need in your life by faith. You, it's too late for you to go back to the world's methods. Amen. They won't work for you anymore. I'll say it again. It's too late for you to use the world's methods because they won't work for you anymore. The door to that, the Red Sea closed up behind them for a reason. So they couldn't go back to the world. Same thing for you. The Holy Ghost has barred the door to the world's methods for us. We can't use that kind of stuff anymore. So she she touched the hem of his garment. Amen. Now, the hem of a garment, you know, the the men wore shawls back then. Talit was was what the shawl was. Well, at the the they were told to to tie knots at, in the corners of the shawls, and those knots were representative of the word. Whereas every time a man a uh, uh, a Hebrew man would walk, he was walking in the word. The word was cleansing his walk. The word was guiding his footsteps. All of that was was the covenant, the word. And would remind them of God, that they had a God who took care of their every need. And so she was, that that part of it made sense to her from her Hebrew heritage. That she was, you know, I'm a, I'm a covenant with God. God has promised me in his word health and healing. I've been going to the, the world for something I just needed to hold on to God for. Amen. So, but when the world rejected her and didn't have any help for her anymore, guess what she did? She remembered who she was. God doesn't care how long it takes for us to remember who we are, as long as we come back to him. Amen? And so this this kind of shook up her little world a little bit when the doctors couldn't help her. She got worse every year. And so she decided she would take a chance going out in public where she'd never been out in public in years. And oftentimes, you know, if she had to go out in public, she would have to yell unclean. So she had a reputation already 
of being somebody that should be shunned. But she was able to get into that press and be able to press her way up to Jesus because in her heart she knew that if she could just touch him, she would be made whole. So even though she had been getting worse and and was in desperation, just like Bartimaeus was, don't discount desperation. Don't discount having run out of time almost for what it is that you need. Don't discount that as a motivating factor in getting what you need from God. Sometimes we're too comfortable in waiting. You know what I'm saying? You got all your stuff like the man that, that was was uh, laying on the, the bed. Jesus approached him and, and asked him if he would be made whole. He had been on that mat for what? He said 38 years. And it's like he's got his his Gatorade and his cooler. Probably got him a little fridge sitting off on the side there. and You know, got his neighbors to the left. And, hey, how you doing today, man? Oh, I ain't doing no good. I'm same old, same old. You know, we can get comfortable not receiving and just waiting forever. Amen. But then one day the doctor tells you, oh, it's not any better. It's getting worse. And there's nothing we can do for you. Well, that's a good day for you. Because that push you off the waiting couch over into the desperation. That's why Jesus told him to pick that bed up. You ain't coming back. No. Throw away the pills. You don't need them anymore. Huh? I remember I had a, a... can I say an unnatural attachment to tranquilizers? They spoke to me and I spoke to them. <laughs> them was my friends. If they had to go out somewhere, I took one. If I had anything that stressed me, I couldn't stand any upset. Very stressed. Uh-huh. And, and, I, I, I was, I said to myself, well, I won't take a whole one, I'll take a half one. You know, I guess addicts do that, maybe. Just, instead of a whole rock of cocaine, they smoke a half a rock or something. Or instead of a, a, a whole joint, they get a roach out of the... I remember one time that uh, Martha, the lady who cleaned for us, is before we were saved now. She sent her daughter over to clean. And um, my husband had had left his roaches in the ashtray. Now, Martha always dusted around them, put their little roaches very neatly back up there. But this day, they were gone. And, and he looked, he said, where is my stuff? I said, I don't know. I don't smoke that stuff. You know, I was, you know, I was borderline psychotic anyway. That would have took me way over the edge. I mess with that stuff. But, but anyway... Um, I said, well, she probably threw it out. She didn't throw that out. She smoked it. I said, oh, goodness. I'm thinking, well, let's call the police. <laughs> and sure enough, she had. Can't throw nothing away. But 
But I talk to my little pills, and I just take a half right now, and you know, it's a it's a light it's a light anxiety. I'm you know it's just driving down the street instead of driving a long way or something like that. But anyway, I remember aiming for my mouth and dropping it on the floor. And as I aim for my mouth, I calm down. And that's when I stopped taking them. I figured out I don't really need this stuff. You understand what I'm saying? And so at some point that word takes over. And I was, I, I was saved. You know, I wasn't in a church or anything, but I was reading my Bible constantly. And God was showing me different things. And, and I got assured that, that I would be healed. And, and, and the day came when I could start seeing evidence of that and putting away things that, and I realized that it was the word that was working and calming me down. It was not the pills anymore. So there is a point. And God works with medicine many times like that. Stay in your word. Let your word begin to school you into accepting what God has already done for you. So this woman with the issue of blood made up her mind that she wasn't going to be sick anymore, but she knew she had to do something unusual to get healed. She had to get to Jesus. She had no confidence in the fact that if she went up to him and asked him to lay hands on her, that he would do it. Got me? See, what what works for other people may not work for you. In certain areas where faith is concerned, God will tailor make a faith to fit your, your needs, your desires, and your fears and your insecurities. He's a merciful God. He just wants you well. So this woman had no confidence that if she got, it did what the Bartimaeus thing, holler at him and get his attention, she knew that was not going to work for her. Because she was unclean as far as the law was concerned. But she wasn't sticking with the unclean label enough to not get out in that crowd. See what I'm saying? So she got cleansed as she walked toward him. She owned her faith in her heart. She said, if I can touch him, I know I'll be made whole. She got, she, as she began to meditate on that, she began to get more and more healed as she went. So as she went toward him, she began to get more and more confidence, that's faith, more and more desire, that's faith, until by the time she got up to him, she just exploded out on him and began to pull virtue out of him. So she didn't, she had, she had no faith that he had to touch her. She decided that she could touch him instead. Amen. And we have to have the same confidence. Your faith touches Jesus just like hers does. You need to have confidence that whatever God has for you will be released to you when your faith is expressed. There's no doubt about it. There's no two ways about it. See, your faith will will talk to you, minister to you, help you, help you get there, and help you get that point of contact for the release of the anointing to affect the cure on the inside of you. 
Sometimes the anointing is released as you meditate on the word. And you know the symptoms begin to drop off. You begin to get better and better and better. Or you get over that hump where uh, pain would hit you when you did certain things and it doesn't anymore. You got me? That's a major milestone for many people. Amen. Where they get faith gives them confidence. Okay, that 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 level is done with. We're moving to a new level of health and healing. And so whatever it is that, that God has to tailor make for you to be able to get what you need from him, he will do it just like he did with this woman. Amen. In one one um, account of this miracle, it says Jesus asked, who touched me? He said, because something went out of him. That something is called virtue. And let me tell you what virtue is. It's inherent power. Inherent power. Something that resides within a person is virtue. For instance, you don't believe in stealing. That's a virtue. That's an inherent power. You take it with you all the time. So you don't not believe in stealing until you get in certain places. You just don't believe in it at any time. If you don't believe in adultery, you don't believe in fornication, that's an inherent virtue. Amen. It's an inherent power that causes you to overcome the temptation to do certain things. So Jesus has a virtue residing in him that tells him to stay, stay ready to release power to whoever connects with him in the right way by faith. See, there's no, see, virtue is something that you don't have to make a conscious, conscious decision of your will to do. It's just in you and it flows out of you. Just like if if somebody tells me, um, can you come over here on a Sunday? I said, honey, my Sunday's been booked. Do you know who I am? I guess you don't. Or you wouldn't be asking me to do nothing on Sunday. Huh? See, that's a virtue. It's an inherent, huh? An inherent power to resist. There's nothing I'd rather do on Saturday or Sunday. So don't ask me. And that's not, I don't have to decide every Saturday I get up, do I go to church or don't I? See, when we talk about inherent power, I have an inherent power to get up and do that over and over and over again. And I don't have, when I was married, I didn't have to decide if I was going to sleep with another man every time I saw one. That even woke Prophet Waller up. So you can reach everybody. You understand what I'm saying? There was an inherent power in me to not look at another man too long. <laughs> too long. You say, woo. Uh, I can't help it, baby. Them pecs were something to look at, you know. No, you don't do that. No, that's wrong. <laughs> Am I right, Poppy? You get slapped silly, you start talking like that. You be out the house, period. But, um, you know, uh, you, you have to, there's something in holiness that connects you to virtue. 
Virtue is an inherent power to resist the temptation to go a different way. So Jesus has virtue in him that resists, even if he were tempted, resists the temptation to say no to you when you want to be healed. He don't have to think about it. He don't have to consult anybody about anything to do with blessing you. He doesn't have to think about what you did wrong the last time and whether you deserve it. So get off that train. He has resident good, honor, power in him to do you good. All you need to do is connect by faith. And you got to believe that's all you need to do. The Bible says believe, only believe. Not believe and and be good and be this and be that and be that. Just believe. And stay believing. And stay connected by faith. So virtue is that inherent power that resides within him to do good. And also virtue means the power for miracles. So here he has already decided in himself that when you come up to him by faith, you got it. He don't have to make up his mind. Well, who is that down there asking me? No, just come up to him by faith. He could care less if that woman was unclean. If she had faith in her to, to connect with him like that, he didn't say anything like, like, um, who touched me because I got to go turn around and go pray for her. Well, you tell Peter, he said, I've already prayed for you and your faith won't fail. If you're in faith, you're in no fail faith. He's already prayed for us. Our faith will not fail. Well, you know, Jesus said people had little faith, no faith. So that ain't you. That ain't you. You're giving me some half-baked scripture that don't even apply to you. We're new covenant. We're blood-bought new covenant Christians. We have no fail faith. When you put your faith in God's word, it won't fail. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word won't. His word won't get weak. His word won't pass out. His word won't faint. And it will never be broken. Amen. Where somebody can say, well, this just didn't work for me this time. It's a lie. Keep holding on to it. Amen. Hold on to it for another time. But he said, who touched me? Because virtue went out of me. See, this was a new way to get healed. Ooh, wait till the multitudes find out this one. Because after this incident, many people touched him and got healed. He told everybody. In fact, when he turned around, he looked at her. He says, who touched me? Where is that? Let me see. I wrote it down. Like I said, ah, come on, I would have found it. I just don't have time to look for it. Luke 8. Okay, tell me, tell me the verse. 
43. Like I said, 43. Gate 43. Says, okay, came behind him and touched him 44, the border of his garment, where the tassels were, the tzitzit, and immediately her issue of blood stopped. And Jesus said, who touched me? When all denied Peter and there was a master, the multitudes thronging you, he said, no, somebody touched me because I felt virtue go out of me or I perceived virtue go out of me. He wants us all to touch him like that so that virtue can go out of him because he's already predisposed to give us what we want and what we desire. There's no stopping the virtue that goes out. And so when people heard that testimony, they began to line up just to touch the hem of his garment. It says that in the word. It says as many as, as came up to him touched his garment if they could just receive healing that way. Amen. And so it's, 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 it sets a precedent, but it's also prophetic in that it can be repeated over and over again. Amen. The testimony of Jesus is a spirit of prophecy. These miracles get repeated over and over again. If people will hide them in their hearts. Amen. And and pull it out when you need it. Amen. Because you're going to need it. We're all going to need these things. So Jesus <clears throat> clarified that it was not just the touch, but her faith had claimed it. Your faith pulls virtue and it pulls the anointing. It pulls the glory. It pulls healing. It pulls everything from the realm of glory onto your life. Amen. He told everybody it was her faith that made her whole. He told her it was her faith that made her whole. So, so this touch that she gave, the touch of faith, is the touch that he wants us all to touch him with. Amen. He doesn't want us just coming. You know, like these people that were in the crowd. You don't know what everybody else is there for. But if you stay in faith, you'll be there and you'll get what you need from him. It's guaranteed. See, there's all kinds of touches we can give God. We can be curious to want to know what he might do if so-and-so and such-and-such happened, you know. Or we can touch him in faith, understanding that we have a need and he's the only one who could grant it to us. He took the time to take this woman aside and explain to her how she got her healing because he was sure she got it. Amen. She came up and he told her, he said, who touched me? And when she saw that she was fingered, she just fell down and told him all the truth, the Bible says. And he says, daughter, cheer up. Your faith has made you whole. Amen. Until that time, she wasn't settled in her heart that she had done the right thing because she felt she could go there and be undetected. Just get her healing and pimp on out, I guess. You know, like she stole something. God would not have us approach him like thieves. Even if that's how we get there, we're going to be changed in our hearts when we leave. You're going to be whole. You're going to see a thief is never sure he's going to keep what he stole. 
The Holy Ghost might let you start out like that, but he's got big plans for you. You're not going to remain a beggar and a thief forever in God's house. Bartimaeus started out begging, but he didn't remain that way. When he came out of that, he he lost the beggar's robe. He even lost it. He even was overcome. He overcame people and their words and they're pushing him around. He was a bold beggar if he was still a beggar, but he wasn't a beggar anymore when he got rid of the robe. He said, I'm not the same person I was when I came up here. I'm not the one that y'all used to push around and ridicule and laugh at. Huh? I'm not the one people keep grilling. Well, when is this going to happen? When is that going to happen when they know you're believing God for something? Well, if they haven't, they will. You understand what I'm saying? You know, people are always shocked that our ministry is still here. You still so-and-so? What what else am I going to do? Huh? See, I'm not like you. I don't get three different titles and five ministries from God and quit all of them. See, once you know what God tells you to do, you stay with it. Amen? I have no desire to change nothing. Huh? How many people do you have? I say enough. Enough for me, enough for God. I'm not on a campaign to get numbers. Huh? I'm on a campaign to obey God. Amen. All right, why don't we stop? Father, we thank you for your word. Thank you for understanding. We thank you for clarity. Thank you for hope and encouragement, Lord. And we bless you, Lord, and we praise your holy name. Bless the name of Jesus. Magnify the name of Jesus. We praise the holy and the precious name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, who was and is and is to come. And Lord, we honor you. We adore you. We magnify you. We bless you, Jesus, and we praise your holy name. We bless you, Lord. We magnify you, glorify you. We lift you up, Lord. You're worthy to be praised and adored. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory, glory, glory in the highest. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your presence. Thank you, Lord, for your glory. Thank you, Lord, for your power. Coming in to empower your people for what they need. Let everybody go out today changed. From one glory to the next glory. Let people who are desiring to be healed receive total manifestation, Father. Total. Total. Total, 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 total. Father, we won't be satisfied with increments because that's not what your word says. Your word said whole. Father, I thank you for wholeness. Thank you for soundness in our bodies, in our minds. Thank you, Lord, for blessing us to the full in the name of Jesus. In Jesus' name.